0: Well, welcome back, uh, Couch Critics. Uh, We promise you we do a weekly wrap until the end of the season. Here we are a week on from the Round 25, uh, the Round 24 wrap. We're just going to have a quick chat about what happened in Round 25. We're going to have a bit of a chat um, about some of the stuff that happened this week off the field or maybe a little bit on the field, and then we're going to have a look at the final regular season round of the season. Um, I'm Brad. I'm joined by my co-host, Sog. Uh, we're the A League Couch Critics. If you haven't watched us before, uh, if you're not subscribed, please do so. Uh, leave a like for the video and get amongst the comments and uh, let us let us know what you thought of the week that was. But Samuel, how are you feeling?
1: Yeah, good. Uh, excited for the last round of the A League. It's um, last weekend was fantastic, mm. and um, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm here. Uh, football's good. Life is busy. Mm. Yeah. How are you going, Brad? Yeah.
0: I'm doing pretty well. Um, I went to the game on Friday night uh, between the Wanderers and the Phoenix. Well, that'll be one of the first games we'll be talking about. So, um, yeah, no, I'm uh, pretty keen to chat about some football and really looking forward to the weekend ahead. Um, Let's get straight into our weekly wrap-up. First game on the Friday night, like I said, I was there. Wanderers v. Wellington at Parramatta, over 10,000 there for our final home game of the regular season Um, and hopefully it won't be the last home game at Parramatta. Uh, really exciting performance. 4-0 win for the Wanderers. Borello on the score sheet once again. Aiden Simmons, it must break your heart to see another youth product let go by. Uh, the Sky Blues doing quite well at the Wanderers. And, yeah, Neunhoff as well uh, getting on the score sheet as well. Um, did you watch this one at all?
1: Yeah, yeah, I watched this one. And um, Wanderers were clinical. Like, mm. just red hot form uh, coming into the finals exactly how you'd want to. And, yeah. Uh, things just seem to be clicking uh, all over the park, and Brandon Borello is fantastic. What a player just just yeah. just talk. It he's really just sucks
0: because I don't think he's gonna be here next year. like he's definitely earned himself another record to Europe if he wants to take it, and yeah. uh you can't blame him because he's worked uh, really hard um yeah. I, I was really happy. I think it was. I think it's been the best performance we've put in for a long, long time. I think we're looking back to the Tony Popovich days. Since we've seen a performance like that, we've already had a couple of four-nil wins this year, both against Macarthur. So, read into what you want about that. But yeah, it, I thought it was clinical. I thought we really—it's really hard to criticise them. They played really well. Um, well, yep. let's uh, head into the first of our Saturday games, um, F3 Derby. Now, I'll find for that bit of uh, cement. Of the actual road, Central Coast, a three-one win away from home. The game was up at Newcastle. Um, what was it? Brendan O'Neill got uh, two yellows, I think, in that game as well, and um,
1: Inkar Jankinson sent off as well. Yeah. Right,
0: I think so. I can't remember. I don't remember that one. But anyway, yeah, another another win by the Mariners, and it really has made that uh, top four. And we'll talk about that later. That top four was really competitive now um, with mm. the Mariners getting that win. Um, a good crowd. I think it was one of the Newcastle's best crowd since well before COVID. Sammy Silvera getting two goals and Marco Tulio getting the other one. Yeah, Carl Jenkinson. Okay, the fifth minute of stoppage time yeah. right at the end. So um, I'll probably yeah, miss yeah. that one. But um, yeah, Mariners. I think hit over fifty goals this season. They're looking really well, uh, really good as well, coming into the finals.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jets probably disappointed as well because they're still right on the edge, like everything has to go right for them Mm. uh, this weekend. But disappointing um, for them to kind of show up in the F3 derby like that when when there's so much pressure on their season. But, yeah, the the Mariners, they're just having another great season. Uh, Monty's got them playing great football. He's just built a really good squad. Um, Mm. Yeah. They look good, maybe a little bit more defensively weak than the Wanderers.
0: Um, Heading into the evening game on the Saturday, it was a, say this lightly, the Melbourne derby between, uh, I hope it didn't offend any victory fans, but also I hope it did. Um, City uh, up against Western United. Um, City already securing the Premier's plate. Western, I think they're out of the finals contention now, which is disappointing for the reigning champs, but uh, they needed the win here and uh, they didn't get it because one man turned up ready to... And I think this was going to be one of my talking points for the week, but let's talk about it now. Jamie McLaren, a hat-trick. He's now the highest goal highest goal scorer in the history of the A-League. Um, we always expected it. was always going to be a matter of when and not if. Um, oh, yeah. Clinical man, tapping merchant, call him what he wants, but he's got over 140 goals on the A-League. It's an incredible tally for him.
1: Yeah, and he's got seasons to burn. Like, he, he's not old. He, mm. He's still, you know, in his prime. And, and so... Yeah. He's going to score way more. Will he ever reach the Damian Murray, um kind of Australian record? Yeah. I, I'm not quite sure. He, he'd really have to keep scoring at like, you know, 20 a season for the next couple of years to get there. He's still about 100 off. So yeah. he, he might not hit that. But, yeah, like what a career he's had yeah. um, in the A-League for a couple of clubs too, Perth, Brisbane, now City, um. Yeah, he's been good everywhere. Like he, he scored good goals everywhere he's gone. Um and when you got a city team around him like he has now, yeah. like you don't even have to be the best striker to score goals in that yeah. team, but but his quality in the box, he's just lethal. Um mm-hmm. yeah. He'll he'll score chances that he gets. So yeah, w- like a great achievement and, and he's he's worked really hard. He yeah. he's had attempts over in Europe. And never quite, never quite made it there, um, yeah. But you know, to do it here in Australia, more mm. than anyone else, to beat the likes of Bezart Barisha and, mm. and others, it's a it's a huge achievement. Yeah,
0: yeah. Now hats off to Jamie McLaren and uh, heading into the Sunday games, Melbourne victory beat Macarthur two one in the Spoon Bowl. Um.
1: So wow. well, I mean, it's not all
0: over. Mc, uh, Macarthur could still avoid the wooden spoon and hand it to Melbourne victory, but uh, a late winner there for Melbourne victory um, probably gives their fans a bit of um, a little bit of joy after what's been a pretty awful season for them from them for multiple reasons. But yeah, I don't think this was a particularly good game, and I think it was reflected on their on their position on the ladder.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't watch this one actually this weekend. Um, it's probably one of the only games I didn't watch this weekend um but surely surely victory happy with that um for them to get if they finish bottom to get two spoons in the last three seasons is a it's just got a signal huge warning signs like yeah the, the club is not in a healthy position mm. on the field off the field' it's, it's just been shameful so a good <laughs> to, to, to get off the bottom is good for them.
0: Yeah, yeah, good for them. Uh, disappointing for the rest of uh, the supporters in the league. Uh, but what can you do?
1: Um, well, who do you, who do you rather be bottom, MacArthur or or Victory?
0: Well, I don't have much time for either clubs. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, you know, you, you see a lot more Victory fans and a lot more vocal Victory fans, yeah, and yeah. you don't really meet any MacArthur. Well, I've got a few mates that go for MacArthur, and they weren't supporting the A-League uh, before them, so I don't really despise their choice in club. Um, but anyway, anyway. We love all fans and uh going from one of a bit of a, a snooze fest to an absolute ripper of a game, Perth, mm. four, Adelaide United, four. And I think, was it like 3-2 at one stage just before?
1: It was 3-2 entering into stoppage time. And like, that
0: was to Adelaide, wasn't it?
1: That's right. Adelaide yeah. had scored in the 78th minute with 3-2 up and then you had a 93rd, a 96th. And a 99th minute goal.
0: What else can you ask for from like from the A League? That is just uh, you, you could say the defense was average, but I, I that's just entertaining football. Anyone who doesn't think the A League's entertaining, that was an absolute ripper. And you got Irakunda right at the end, a 17-year-old scoring the equalizer. It was just oh. the game had everything, and yeah.
1: Like that's the most the most dramatic. 20 minutes of football I've seen in a long time like that's an A-League classic mm. book. like in the 16 17 years we've had of the competition that stands out as just one of the most interesting mm. games I've ever seen yeah I could not believe it like for mm. Adam Taggart to, to hit that shot to take glory in front in stoppage time in front of NIB like the, the crowd there in Perth HBF, sorry, back at their, you know, actual home stadium, mm-hmm. which they've been great at um, Macedonia Park, but, you know, this this is their real home. And the crowd showed that, good crowd for them. And then Irokunda, like, I would love to see him start a match. Like, maybe he's just too good of a weapon to, yeah. to start. Like, because, you know, if you put him on with 20 minutes to go, 30 minutes to go, he's going to have a field day. So it's almost too too powerful not to play him against tired defenders. But I'd love to see him get the chance to start and, yeah. and show us what he can do over over a ninety minutes, over seventy minutes. Um, yeah. but the kids the kids magic like yeah, just so determined and yeah, what yeah. a game! I so good, so good. What an ad for the A League.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it, it was an absolutely fantastic game. And uh, moving on to the Monday night didn't watch too much of this. It was a really good crowd. They over 12,000 uh, at Brisbane to see Sydney yeah. FC beat uh, the Raw 2-0. Uh, it's a rare time they've played. I think it's only the third time this year they played at Lang Park. And it was really good to see a positive crowd because they've been playing quite awful this year. Um, mm. And I think the, the fans have spoken that they would rather play here at Lang Park than up at Redcliffe because um, they got a decent crowd. Um, I still know, you know, 12,000 in a 52,000-seater stadium. It's not... Much, but it's better than what they've mm. had before. Uh, anyway, let's talk about the game. Yeah, you would have watched this one.
1: Yeah, look, the the game kind of was overshadowed by yeah, great turnout by Brisbane and um the den was full. It was good to see. Um, but Brisbane, uh, Brisbane actually dominated this game to be honest. They they had all the they had more possession, more shots, more shots on target, more entries into the box, more passes. Sydney actually defended decently for the. First time all season, I feel. So mm-hmm. um, that was that was really encouraging for, from Sydney side of things. Um, yeah, Brisbane Brisbane will feel robbed. Uh, they they definitely should have yeah. should have scored, and they should have won that game. But Sydney looked clinical when they actually did enter the box, and um, that's a good sign for Sydney coming into the finals as well. And um, when you get to that next kind of round, which is just a one off for. Mm. 3rd, 4th, 5th and 6th, you know, that's the difference between making it to a semi-final or not. So, yeah, good for Sydney. Ends Brisbane's season, though, uh, which is disappointing for them.
0: Yeah. Um, Awesome. Well, well, that's the wrap on the six games for Round 25. And so let's just dive into some uh, topics uh, that have come up across the past week. Um, First off, I've been watching... The Matilda doco on Disney Plus. So if you've got Disney Plus, we're not sponsored by the Matildas or Disney Plus, but I reckon you should go watch it because it's great insight too. Um, I think it starts about almost about a year and a half, is it 16, 15 months uh, before the World Cup, which still kicks off in a couple more months. Uh, it's been really good insight. You know, It goes through Ellie Carpenter's ACL injury, which is uh, pretty disappointing. Mm-hmm pretty awful thing to happen um but uh it's it's a great story and you get to learn and meet a lot of the players uh courtney vine a w player right now had a little segment as well um but go and check it out i'm four episodes in We've got two more to go i'm going to watch it uh, when we're done here um but go check that out um samuel let's talk about the big elephant in the room yep the grand final boycotts um yeah. the grand final the finals boycotts um uh, if you have any engagement with Soccer Twitter, you would know a bit about the conversations that happened in the past week. But this has been an ongoing conversation for four or five months ever since um, the grand final decision was announced. Um, if you don't know, um, the next three grand finals, the one including the one that's going to happen at the end of this season, will be in Sydney. Regardless, um, it was always the highest ranked team in the grand final. got a host. Now it's going to be a set fixture in Sydney for the next three years. As you can imagine, that's uh, caused quite a lot of anger within the football community. And uh, Mm -hmm. early this week, I think Sydney FC became the first club to come out and officially, when I say first club, I say really the only club that has any chance of playing in the finals to come out and officially boycott finals and grand finals uh, if they are to play in in the men's competition.
1: Yeah so this is I I guess it's worth clarifying that's the cove that's come out not Sydney FC yeah, they're sorry, not yeah, the Finals, go, yeah. the teams going to play but the cove at the active support and um yeah so they put out their statement saying that actually they're quite disappointed it looked earlier in the season after all the hoo ha after the Melbourne victory in- incident uh, and the APL reached out to active support groups around Australia and and said they were gonna set up all these kind of fans voices things. They're gonna set up some direct kind of conversation, trying to to work towards fixing some of the issues that the fans saw. And the COVID pretty much come out and said, it was all just talk to shut us up. Nothing's happened. They've done nothing. No one's been in contact. Um and so because they've let down on their side, you know what? Hmm we are actually going to boycott the final series. So um, yes, for the men's um, they've talked to the women's kind of key support and said, you know, is this good thing? And, and they've actually decided that it's right to support the women in the final series, that they weren't as much affected uh, or, or part of this. They've they've kind of just caught the rough end of the stick um, in this deal and, um, and so it's just the men. So next week could be a Sydney derby in in the knockout final. Um, but the cove said no active support. It's okay. Like if you've got to go or if you, if you want to go, do it. But don't sit in active support. That's a voice. Like having no active support, no message there uh, is a message to the APL that they're not going to um, take this line down. So I, I think. I think it's, yeah, like you said, they're the only team that's actually in the finals so far to have their active support. say they're going to boycott it. The rest of them are all quiet. And uh, I I don't want to dig in too much to whether that's right or wrong. Um, Whether we should see some of the other clubs kind of back up this decision as well and and boycott. Maybe things are in the works and, and we're going to find out more about that once the regular season's over. But, um, yeah, at the moment, Sydney's taking a stand. What, what's your thoughts on it, Brad? Uh, you know, you're know, you not particularly fond of Sydney FC in, in any regard. No, year. no.
0: So, I, I think it was a, I, I think it's obviously a decision that's affected both the men's and the women's competitions. I thought it was a very interesting tag not to boycott the women's because um, I, I would say the women's, Prior to the decision, didn't really get much attention and still don't get much attention. And I don't think that's fair, but that's just the reality. The men, um, I think the men would... Actually, I I don't think attendances outside Melbourne Victory have been particularly harmed by the decision. Um, Mm -hmm. I think our reputation has taken a hit, um, not from the grand final decision, but by... Uh, the idiot Melbourne Victory fans who decided to assault a goalkeeper. And I think that probably ruined any proper chance of these boycotts or protests having any meaningful action five months ago or right now. They're not going to listen to us because they saw what happened when Melbourne Victory fans, not all the fans, some fans protested um, and ran onto the field and assaulted a goalkeeper. Um yeah, listen, you know, each their own. If if, if this is a decision the Cove want to do, then so be it. Um, I've seen a lot of comments online really having personal attacks at people because they've decided they're going to go to the finals. Listen, our sport is so deeply divided already um, mm. from poor decisions from the APL and from governing bodies right down to our local soccer clubs, there is nepotism, there is poor decision-making everywhere. And what we don't need is further division within ourselves. So if you've got a mate that wants to go to the grand final or the finals matches, don't call him a piece of shit. Just let him go. If he wants to go, that's fine. And if you want to uh, boycott the finals, that's fine. But don't also expect that everyone jump up and hold to the same standards as you. Um, Yeah. Melbourne Victory, I think, were pretty vocal, uh, but they've been boycotting their games for five months now. They haven't been able to accept that. You know what Danny Townsend has made a really bad decision. The APL have made some really bad decisions. But Melbourne Victory fans have to take the onus on there was actually a handful of idiots at their game that ruined any potential for these protests to have any meaning. They need to accept that. They've blamed everyone, everyone else except themselves, and they need to say... You know what? We played a part in this, and we stuffed up, um, and they need to take some onus on themselves. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it's a, I think it's a tough one. I think if you want to go to the grand final, so be it. If you don't, and I'm not saying because I'm a Wanderers fan, I can go to the game. I still live three hours away from a grand final. Every game I go to for the Wanderers, I've been to 13 games, I think, this year. They're all technically away games for me. Um, but obviously, um, it's very hard on someone like the West and United fans who want to go to their home game, which is like 12 hours away, however long it takes to drive or a couple of hours on the plane from Melbourne to Sydney. Um, so I feel for those fans, and it sucks. And just because we're mm-hmm. Sydney fans, uh, well, you're a Sydney FC fan or we're a Wanderers fan, or we benefit from this decision, doesn't mean we don't feel for you and doesn't mean we like the decision. Um, but I think I think we need to just stop abusing other people because they have a different opinion to us. So, yeah, I think I've said it before several times in my little rant here. If you want to go to the grand finals and the finals go, if you don't want to go and you want to boycott, that's fine, but don't rip into people who do it.
1: Yeah. I, again, I, it is hard. I, I think the APL made a lot of bad decisions and then they made some promises to try and make it sound better. Yeah. But they they just never carried through with those. So I think it's right. Like the Western United supporters who'd want to go and watch um, their female uh, team, their women's team that's made a final uh, on merit and, yeah, really should have the right to host the grand final. Uh, They got a package for travel and accommodation like last week, and they've known for two weeks at least that they're going to be in the grand final.
0: Yeah,
1: So that's a bit slow. Like if if these things were already in the works months ago, Mm. surely as soon as the first team made it, you you had those ready to send out just for them so that home support, Mm. you know, first place support gets their thing. But they only got sent out like a week ago, so they'd already chartered their own bus. Um, It's expensive. The package is not even that. Would. like to be honest it's only like 10% off a flight and 10% off a hotel it's not that great you get a hat and, and a little pack like it's not a good package nice. and so if you've known for months that this is going to be and that's what you serve up it's kind of disappointing we'll see yeah. what the men's package is like but I doubt it's going to be much better yeah and, and it feeds into this it I just I understand I can understand some of what they tried, what they wanted. That idea that the final is always in this one place. They want to appeal to the casual fan uh, of any team who says, I'm from Perth and I want to go to the grand final. I don't have to wait till the week before to book my flight to figure out where it is. I can book it months in advance. I know I'm going to stay in Sydney. So next year, I can book a flight. I can book a hotel months in advance when the deal's good and go to the grand final, have a festival of football like they kind mm-hmm. of planned. I I understand that, but I think they're overselling how many people are going to plan to do that, Yeah, how many people want to do that. Whereas, at, and we've seen it all over Twitter, you, you see when a team gets a home final, that that city turns out. Perth, when they hosted the grand final against Sydney, there were a, an awesome crowd at Optus Stadium to watch that. The like, biggest
0: crowd to a grand final ever.
1: Yeah, incredible. 80, almost 80,000, is that right? No, 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 I think it was like 57,000, 58,000. Yeah. That's it in, that's an incredible. Like yeah, Adelaide yeah. Adelaide Oval. Yeah. Packed out like awesome to see. Uh you look at some of the ones uh victory in the past have sold out um at Etihad Stadium, 40,000 people there. Fantastic. Mm. Uh, the old SFS has hosted some absolute classics. Mm. Uh, the Jets, when they hosted, yeah. like, <laughs> and when you, so while I can see, sure, you want casual fans to come. When you look at the alternative, it wasn't really broken. The last couple of seasons because of COVID sucked. Like yeah. the finals held at Bankwest during COVID. They average last year. City versus Western United, COVID was still hanging around. There were still lots of things up in the air. You could understand the bad crowd from two teams that don't have the biggest support. But Mm. you look at every other grand final in the history of the A-League, it's been a spectacle. And so you're kind of treading on the legacy. And and maybe that's where we should leave this chat. Maybe we should move on to the next topic. uh, Yeah, I think... Yeah, they're treading on a legacy and that's where the fans yeah. are hurt.
0: Yeah, I don't understand that. It's, I think, so if people yeah. just
1: turn up, I, I think it does weaken the message. I think it does just say, yeah, we'll take it and it's fine, rather than actually standing up and saying, you know what, you, you've trampled on the fans. Yeah. Yeah, yeah
0: and, and I, I think we're still what, almost five months on from that decision and Danny Townsend is still acting like everything's perfect.
1: Yeah. Um, well, to be honest, he, just, he only service for the first time this week. And, and rightly so. Like he, he got death threats. I, I don't expect him to be on Twitter yeah, anymore. And
0: I think yeah, yeah. I, I don't think he'll ever go back on Twitter. I think the death uh, death threats are unacceptable. But just like the just right from the start. Just I just don't think he could read the room um yeah. trying to sell this positive move. I think it's a poor move from the start. And I think moving forward, I think I think he, I, 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 I think he's too stubborn. I don't think he'll resign. I think he's just so far above it. Um, I just like, I just like you, you. I think AFL and NRL do it right when they have a, a very contentious kind of decision they want to do. They leak it to the press and they yeah, see yeah. how the people react to that and they think, okay, that's rubbish. Let's not do that. Um, and the A League just said, let's just drop this. Like to think that would not go down. Yeah. Um, Poorly. Yeah. I just, it's so naive. And um, I am still peeved about the decision. Um, but I think the APL's made it very clear no matter what you do, oh, yeah. they will be yeah. here for the next it's three done. years. So yeah, maybe yeah. I, I would have liked a, um, a gather round or a magic round. I think that'd be cool. Yeah. Have it all in Adelaide for a week. Um, I'd love to go. Yeah, to the
1: Festival of that. Football have the last round and then the FFA, or oh, the Australia Cup yeah. final. Something like, like that. Like, I don't know. Yeah. They, They could do anything now i guess if the sydney has the final for the next three years they've got three years to make their next step awesome and we that's where the discussion needs to go okay it's not changing you need to make the next step right yeah Yeah. Um, and
0: hopefully the next step is going back to what it was before but yes yes let's uh (laughs) let's move on from those grand finals um we do love you all and we love whatever club you go for. And we will respect whatever decision uh, you make around the finals, but uh, please love one another and uh, don't bite people's heads off if they don't agree with you. Um, dear Marty, Western United, he's retired. It's probably not surprising. He's 38 so uh, and he wasn't playing as often. I don't think he'd started since like the FA Cup.
1: Yeah, he's had a, he's had a rough run of injuries kind of this season. Um But what a joy. What a joy to have in the A-League. Yeah. And he's apparently going to go
0: into a coaching role with an A-League club, which hopefully will be Western United because he seems to really love the Melbourne lifestyle.
1: Yeah, I think he suits Melbourne. Um, and so, you know, he's got it's, – it's a really smart move if Western United can get him as part of a coaching team and, and help as they transition towards their training ground and – you know, hopefully, sometime soon, they start breaking ground on that promised stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they've laid the turf at the the, um,
0: the training ground now. They've laid the turf, and I think um, Joe Lynch had an article in the week saying that they plan to weather pending because you can't control weather to yeah. be able to be playing all their games out of that uh, training facility from next year. They're looking at temporary seating, so uh, that's really that's exciting heading into next season for Western United because they could yeah. really. Um, have something going there, which is really exciting because they definitely, surprisingly, seem to be the better of the two expansion teams, um, which I was quite surprised with. Anyway, so, yeah, DMRT retires. It's um, Hmm. sad because, you know, he's he's been a great joy for the league. Um, Nanny, he won't be seeing out his uh, Melbourne victory contract. I think we're not overly surprised. Apparently, he had a a quarter Mm -hmm. of games he had to play and um, it's unfortunate with the um, ACL injury. Um. Yeah. So, so I think he had to play so many games, but because he didn't, he can get out of the contract or something like that.
1: Incredible. And yeah,
0: yeah. Which just, just I, what don't a, think,
1: what a, I don't think he was too bad of a of it.
0: signing. It's just he was at a club that probably didn't need him. Um. And I, th- I thought he was pretty decent. It's just the injury wasn't wasn't great.
1: I, yeah, that's right. Like again, when when a marquee is signed by the league and not a club. Oh, is that right? Yeah, okay. It's just not going to go right. Like, you look at that victory side, did he make them better? I don't think so. Like, they, they already had Iconometes, Ben army, They had Daggers at the start of the season. Their front three was pretty set. Like, I don't think they needed him. Sure, he has to go to one of the big teams to to have a pull. Mm. But I, I think it was just a, it was a poor move all round. It, it started promisingly, but really his his performance on the pitch never really inspired. Um, it was cool. We got that moment where the kid jumped the fence at Sydney and, and ran and got a photo mm. on with him. He took a photo with some guys going to kebab once in his first week. And then that was it. He, he played a couple of half-assed games, got injured. Went to the World Cup, hung out with Ronaldo in in Saudi Arabia. Like, who
0: wouldn't? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, who wouldn't?
1: Just just chalk it up to another list of absolute farts marquee signings for the A League. Like, yeah. just terrible.
0: Don't think you'll be up there with Daniel Sturridge, but uh,
1: <laughs> well, yes. yeah, at least he played. Yeah, that's anyway, true.
0: we're running out of time. We'll quickly mention Miley Serjowski has re-signed for MacArthur until the end of the 24-25 season. So that's really encouraging to know that they'll still exist in a couple of years' time. So, um, yeah.
1: <laughs> yep. yeah, I, I think it's good signing. I think, yeah, there's nothing wrong with him. Uh, he's got a good opportunity to, again, mould a team. A bit of a different style to someone like yeah, Dwight York who just wanted to play attacking football and couldn't give two rats about a defence um stood more in the mold of the we're going to sit back we're going to make it difficult to score against us and and then hit you on the counter and some people hate that kind of football me personally i think beautiful the beautiful thing about football is yeah there's there's not one way to win you can win however you want and if that's how you want to play and it pisses other people off i love that i think that is so good so uh, if Sturzowski wants to set up a low block uh, in MacArthur, I'm all for it.
0: <laughs> Very good. All right, we're running out of time, so let's quickly go through uh, round 26, the final round, and I think that Friday night is going to be the one to watch. You'll be flicking between both games. Melbourne City and first. That's already wrapped up. They won't change anything, but Wanderers. Um, Their host, Melbourne City Wanderers, Wanderers are fourth. Um, they could potentially end up in second, but second place Adelaide United is hosting Central Coast, um, who's third. Ish. And so um, these three teams, Adelaide, Wanderers, and Central Coast will be battling out for that second spot that week off for the finals. Um, so that's going to be really exciting, these two games. I imagine Adelaide's probably going to be a seller. I imagine Melbourne City oh, won't yeah. be. Um, <laughs> I, I think there's a there's a talk of a, few, uh, a good uh, a crop of Wanderers fans going down for the game, so that'll be good. Um, mm. But yeah, it's going to be really exciting. I wonder what Melbourne City do. Will they rest players? But they've already got the week off, so they might not bother resting players anyway. Um, you do know what sucks about
1: this though? Like this should be the set, the Saturday night. You know, yeah. The the showpiece. This is what you want to show people: the final round, the top four all playing off against each other at the same time. we, we get a little bit of that final round. You know. It's, it's only on a mini scale, but mm. um, it's going to be drama because you're going to see that table chop and change those second, third, and fourth places a couple of times over the night, hopefully. I, I'm hoping for two big scoring games. Yeah. Probably we'll get two one-all draws uh, is what I actually think is going to happen, and no one will go anywhere. But
0: Yeah. I, I think maybe something the league can look at in the future is I think what the AFL do, they call it a floating schedule. For the last couple of rounds, they just... Don't say what day and dates the mm. game is going to be on so they can decide closer to date, mainly to make sure teams get a full week off before the – well, they have a week off before the finals anyway. Um, yeah. But anyway, I think these should be two good games. I think this will be a good test for the Wanderers to actually see how good they're going at the moment. Wellington, I mean, Wellington's a good team. They've been in the finals spots basically all year. But a win yeah. against Melbourne City will set them in real good stead heading into the finals. Um, Saturday Arvo, Sydney FC hosting Newcastle and MacArthur – uh, hosting Wellington, and I think these two fixtures will decide the sixth and final spot. Uh, Wellington's in it at the moment, but I think you said if Newcastle beats Sydney FC, excuse me, and if MacArthur beat Wellington, Newcastle will go through.
1: Yeah, so, so well, it, it'll come down to goal difference. Really, Wellington's future is in their hands. All they need is a draw,
0: yeah,
1: and they've, they've got finals football. So against MacArthur, away from home, But I actually back Wellington to get a win here. MacArthur haven't been great. They're only playing for pride and and that's not much. Um, Newcastle could jump them, but it'd take a bit of goal swing. Um, Same with Perth and Western United playoff against each other. And they're both on 29 points. So either of those two can technically, if Wellington lose, jump. Western, I think, have the best goal difference. So they're actually, or maybe they don't because they're bottom of the three. But... Um, yeah, it, that could be interesting, but yes, Wellington—they should win. Their future's in their hands. Um, they've just not had a good last couple of weeks, have they? So
0: yeah, so Wellington minus seven on thirty-two than Perth, Newcastle and Western are on twenty-nine, but Perth's on minus nine, Newcastle minus thirteen, and Western minus four. And so maybe Perth is probably the better chance of getting through out of anyone
1: on minus nine goal difference.
0: Yeah, compared to Wellington minus seven, but Wellington would have to lose and Perth would have to win. So
1: Yeah, so it has to be a two-goal swing either way. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So a bit of drama there, but I, I can't see Wellington losing it from this point. Um and yeah, I, I think your top six is already set. Will they finish in the current positions? Geez, I yeah. reckon Central Coast could beat Adelaide. I reckon they could jump into that second spot the way Adelaide's playing right now. They're just a bit off three games without a win. Mariners are really good form after what well, been against um, Newcastle, and uh, they've had comfortable wins against Western and Brisbane. So it's going to be really interesting. Uh, make sure you tune in Friday night because that's going to be some uh, drama unfolding. Better than any of those movies on free to wear. So
1: <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Then victory play Brisbane on Saturday at yes, seven forty five. That's it's just a game for nothing. Neither team can really get anything. Victory, I guess. We'll know if they need a win or not to um, stay off the bottom. But,
0: yeah,
1: yeah, that's that's going to be a bit of a snooze fest. Um, yeah. And that's the featured game. That's the, the game on 10-Bold on air. Yeah. When
0: you, you made those <laughs> fixtures at the start of the year, you'd probably think Melbourne Victory on a Friday, yeah. on, on a Saturday night probably would have been good. But, um, you know, these fixtures are made. Yeah, that's right. That. Oh, not a year, seven, eight months ago, like. Yeah, maybe that's just something to think about in the future for the APL if they want to do anything good, is to potentially do mm-hmm. a floating schedule where you know they leave the last maybe couple of weeks and bang yeah. out so when we're a bit close and we know how the season's going. But um,
1: yeah, and then final game of the round is also on Saturday because they're leaving free air on the Sunday for the women's grand final. So that
0: that, that well, is a good move. I, hats off, at least they they're giving that a go.
1: I like that. Um, but Perth, 10 p.m. Uh, kickoff. It's, you know, it's like seven o'clock over there, but. Ten for us eastern suburbs people, um, but Perth versus eastern Western at HBF. Yep. it's um that could be again. They'll know so. whether or not they can make the finals or not. So yeah. if Wellington lose, that could be a really interesting match, a really interesting way to finish off the round. If Wellington draw or win, then it's just you know playing for for positions. Maybe ah uh, it, it could it could influence. Where who's playing off for the Australia Cup next year? Yeah, it could. The yeah, Westerns currently are in that spot, so yeah, yeah could be interesting. Uh, teams want to qualify automatically for the Australia Cup because that's your preseason kind of competitive matches.
0: Yeah, yeah very good. Well, thanks for joining us and enduring us for this long, and uh, let us know what you think of the comments. Uh, what, what you think of our chat in the comments? Make sure you like the video, subscribe, and uh, we'll see you. This time next week for another uh, weekly chat.
1: Yeah. See you around like a whistle. I'll
0: be flat out like a lizard drinking.